Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 39 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? The Eagles are 0-3 and three in hub life, Jep. They have, Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, they have very little room for error now. They probably need to go 9-4 and four to finish the season, plus a decent increase in percentage. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, I, I'm more worried about their on-field play, to be honest. There's there's no cohesion, and it's pretty pretty black and white. So they've got a lot to work on, and, you know, the, the, a lot of them are, are pretty decent, experienced players, so they should get through it, and um, leaders need to step up and and uh, see what happens. But, yeah, a bit of a fixture change, which throws a spanner in the works. As you've mentioned there, there is a fixture change for this week and likely for next week, and it appears we're going to go week-by-week week fixturing for the short term at least. So as fantasy coaches, Jep, we just need to adapt, yeah? Yeah, of course. We just run with it. It's fair for everyone, um, and we just gauge it as best as we can. Make sure you are following AFL Ratings at Twitter. That is at AFL Ratings to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you would like a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any link that is sent out via Twitter. Yes, we will give a few more away at the midway point of the season. This week on episode 39, Jeff and I will talk about key plays ahead of round five. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, June 30. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped in upcoming games. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL Fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jep, on to Carlton St Kilda. Mark Pitnett. He's averaged 71.7 points in three games. That break even is great at minus nine, with still cash to be generated at 431k presently as well as on-field ruck scoring for most that own him, Jep. Yeah, he's doing the job as a cash cow. It's uh, on-field scoring now. So only 20 hit-outs on last weekend against Bell Chambers. So that's not where it should be, really. Um, but there's room for improvement, and Pitman owners really should be happy. Michael Gibbons, he's moved up to the middle of the ground from his deep forward, small forward role. He's averaging 83.7 points from his last three games. So 510k and a break-even of minus 11, Jep. It's probably a little bit expensive. What are your thoughts? Oh, I'm more worried about his inconsistent scores um, and what that does with with a you know a mid-price of that. You're looking for a decent score and um, cash generation at the same time. So it's a no from me. Yeah, I guess just a quick thought on that one is, you know, we're at the point now, the end of three trades per week, and we start to need to be looking at these premium players right now. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit, a few disciplined trades coming up, and um, for me, it's who you bring in is who you want to see in for the rest of the season. Completely agree. On to Patrick Cripps, averaging eighty-five point three points with scores that have fluctuated this season, but that is to be expected for me, Jep. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to get attention, and um, and it's the Cripps that we know of, of last season as well, um, as as from memory. So. You know, he's, he's going to get attention this week against St Kilda um, with the Jack Steele tag, likely. So it's, you know, 
It's what comes with owning Patrick Cripps. On to Sam Doherty. He's ranked second with 7.5 marks per game. Not sure opposition teams will shut him down with that east-west ball movement, Jep. Oh, I think St Kilda will have a plan for him, um, given that they've tried some lockdown roles in the in the defensive yes. half of opposition. So, yeah, look, um, but look, from from a fantasy point of view, Doc's doing everything we all wanted him to do. So um, it's enjoying the uh, the scores that we get. For those that don't know, Jaron Geary went to Jason Johannesson a couple of weeks ago before he got injured and pretty much shut him down. But Doherty is more or less that position type player who can target players more upfield rather than that dashing player. But we'll see how we go against the Saints this week. On to Dan Butler. He started the season on fire. He's averaging 81.7 points per game from his last three efforts. A great start to the season again. But the half-forward role for me, Jet, will be still volatile at times. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, and just to... I suppose it's a bit blunt, but he played out of his skin, kicked three goals, and only scored 80 fantasy points. So when you play out your skin like he did, and he was superb, um, the return of fantasy points, isn't that great? On to Jack Billings. He's still going under the radar at 87.5 points per game this season. He's not a priority, but definitely a solid, unique option for me, Jeff. Yeah, agreed. Um, definitely one to look at. Uh, accumulator probably St Kilda's best ball user, so there's a lot to like. Rowan Marshall, Paddy Ryder, out of the team, and he scores 89 points. The issue is, well, it's Paddy Ryder, Jep, lurking in the wings. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit frustrating, um, you know, because most of us would jump on Marshall if um, if Ryder wasn't around. So, yeah, at this point, there, there's got to be better targets than Rowan Marshall. Zach Jones, he's got a hamstring concern in his doubt for this week. He didn't complete round four, which is going to mix up the Saints midfield in the short term. Luke Dunstan is also out with a long-term injury. Jep, your thoughts on the Saints midfield? Yeah, so with Zach Jones out, it's interesting who goes in as a bit of a harder in and under, and it's probably Hanabry um, as at a mm. at a punt, um, and then someone more younger on the outside. So let's see what happens, but Zach Jones' owners need to look at other premier options now. On to Collingwood versus Essendon, Avon Trelaw. He'll be close this week, and with little ownership, the Magpies have been patient with him, Jep. Yeah, look, look, I'm not advising anyone to jump on with Trelaw. You're just, you know, going in cold. Personally, I'd wait a week and, and see how he warms up to AFL footy. We all know that, you know, with reduced... Um, quarters, it's it's hard for players to work into a game and, and accumulate the possessions. So let's just wait and see with Adam. On to Brody Grundy. That break even is 58. We are going to see another price increase over the next period, Jep. Yes, the Ruck Pig doing what he does best. And, um, you know, he, he's the number one Ruck for a reason. So we just consider him as a captain week in, week out. And... Um, Owners need to, um, or non-owners need to target him, sorry, as soon as possible. On to Jeremy Howe. Unfortunate news for Howe this week, Jep. He'll miss quite an extended period of football. But that 638k will give owners plenty of options. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So turning Howe into a primo something is um, is very viable now. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate for the injury and good luck to Jeremy. But for fantasy coaches, 
looking to moving him on. It's um, you know the world's at at your feet with especially with Hayden Young a nice cash cow lurking. Tyler Brown with Trelaw on the radar, but still side bottom for those who weren't aware. Potentially faces suspension this week for a breach of COVID protocol. So potential that Brand could hold on for another week yet, Jeb. Yeah, so look, if it's not this week, it might be next week where Tyler Brown gets the axe. Um, he's got to perform better on field and have a bit more of an influence. But, you know, the, he's, the destiny's in his hands, so let's see. On to Darcy Moore. That intercepting marking role now opens up with the Howe injury. He's at 410k with a break-even of just 13. We'll get to Hayden Young soon. I'm on the fence, but more is an option, but an intriguing one at that. Jep, your thoughts? Very intriguing. Uh, we've got, say, Imagine that comes in as the lockdown key defender, which frees up Darcy. So mm. oh, let's wait for team selection, keeping that in mind. Um, could be a bit of a move of the season here, jumping on Darcy and seeing what transpires. Okay, on to the bombers, Zach Merritt. He's suspended for this week and will miss. If listeners have solid midfield cover, that could be a hold from Egypt. But a reminder, he's playing mostly an outside role this year. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I don't mind holding the players that miss a week, um, knowing that it is just one week. On to Devin Smith. His midfield usage has been limited this season. His break-even is just 51, but the scores will fluctuate. Your thoughts? Yeah, definitely going to fluctuate. Um, he, he played pretty well on the weekend. 86, good return, concluded a goal. But his trademarks is tackling, isn't it? And six tackles in the reduced game time is, is ticking a box. On to West Coast versus Sydney. Andrew Gaff, he's now moved up to 875k with a break even of just 55. That run at Optus Stadium could maintain his average of 102.3 points. The important detail here is West Coast are losing games, which likely results in no opposition attention out on that wing. Your thoughts, Chip? Yeah, agree with that. It's um, it's more how he's getting his stats. So he's getting a, a lot of, sorry, he's getting a lot of his stats behind the ball. So it's that chip, mark, and kick. Now, West Coast have struggled with their with their play and and taking risks. Um, so I actually think gas scores are probably under threat a little bit if they if West Coast change their tune and play a little bit more direct football and give their forwards a better chance. So just I've noted in the last few weeks, Gaff's a lot of his possessions are in that back kick, um, uncontested plus six. Yep. Um, so yeah, that those accumulated stats here, twenty seven on the weekend and um, six marks. So you know. There's, I don't mind the Optus run, definitely agree with all that. And when West Coast are up and about and playing like a team instead of playing like a um, bunch of individuals, then Gaff's scores will be get better with that too. Okay, on to Jared Brander. We've talked about him quite a bit, Jep. His first kick last week went straight out of bounds on the full. Get ready to press eject button very soon here, Jep. And guess who was swearing after that first kick watching watching the, his team play? So, yes, Brand is on the chopping block, and I'll be bloody shocked, and I've said this before, if he if he holds his spot in the team. So um, owners need to have a plan for Brander, definitely. Callum Mills, he did see an increase at centre bounces last week. It sounded today like Swans coach John Longmire still likes him in defence, though. 
or play it safe with his with his role, um, and and that's be that. He's not a, a target. Callum Sinclair, with Naismith down for the year with an ACL, and shout out to Sam Naismith. He'll assume the clear number one rock role, priced at just five hundred eighty k. Jet. Very much a bargain and, and a cash cow. And there's some potential there, um, but you know, with what our options with Pitnet and what he's provided early, or or the two primo ruck set up, it's um, it's a no from me. On to Ollie Florent. A very quiet round four, but the midfield usage remains high. One to watch for owners, Jip. Yeah, his role's there. Um, and as a youngish player, you know, a score of 43 on the weekend's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world for current owners. Um, and those looking to, to pick him up, it that's the risk that you have with, with Ollie. On to Luke Parker. He's averaged 83.3 points from his last three games. That'll be around the mark for the season for me, Jip. He's a warrior and he's doing everything right as an inside mid. And look, it's not, I still don't think it's out of the question to pick him up because he hits every stat line. On to Geelong versus Gold Coast. Brandon Parfit. He's averaged 91 points from two games this season. The laid out in round three is a reason to have pause here. But the minus 15 break even at 604k is intriguing. It's intriguing in two aspects. So let's just delve into this just a little bit, my friend. So we've got no narkle in the team for Geelong on the weekend. And they allowed, for now, exactly, which allowed Parfit to go in to the middle and do what he does best. Now, the what the biggest stat line I take away from his two games is his tackle numbers. He had 10 in round two against Hawthorne. Um, and then round four last weekend, nine against the Ds. So they're huge tackle numbers in a reduced game format. So um, he's he's got to be on the target list. There's no doubt. There's screaming value there. Yeah, that midfield is crowded, as I keep saying, and Jack Stephen is still not at full fitness, and he's really yet to get involved in that midfield. So for me, uh, you just got to be aware that that's a lot of mouths to feed in that Geelong midfield. Okay, on to Jack Stephen. Uh, he's dropped 49k so far to 604k, but the scores aren't quite there yet, Jep. Yeah, and he's and he's like you said earlier, he's working still into form. So let's leave it for now. I think that's it's not a wise move to pick him up. Um, not yet, anyway. Yeah, not close, but uh, keep him on the radar for potential target down the track. Okay, on to Joel Selwood. He's averaging 75.8 points this season with a break even of just 32. Those centre bounces are high. I still be cautious here for me, Jeb. Yeah, again, he can move roles when you know Chris Scott sees fit, and if his body's not quite a hundred percent, he might play a bit more on the outside. So it's it's a risky pick, in my opinion. Patrick Dangerfield, he's averaged eighty six point three points from his last three games, a break even of just fifty at seven hundred twenty eight k provides an option for those not willing to spend up big in the midfield. Jeb, your thoughts? Yeah, one of the, our favourite fantasy players um, of recent years. So there's no reason, especially with the run coming up for Patrick, that um, he shouldn't be a target for everyone in their midfield. Connor Butterick for the Suns. He had a quiet game last week. The break-even is still healthy enough at minus nine, Jep. Yeah, uh, he surprisingly had a quiet game. I was hoping for a bit more, as we all were, or all owners were. But, um, you know, he's not a cash cow we're getting rid of anytime soon. On to Lockie Weller. That midfield usage remains solid. He's still an option at a 39 break-even chip. 
Yeah, definitely. One um, that's got a bit of currency to him, but still shows value. So the role's there. He's not that expensive. Matthew Rao, what a star, Jeb. Cats coach Chris Scott has hinted earlier this week that he could be a tag. It will be interesting to see how he goes. Your thoughts? It's the ultimate compliment, isn't it? But uh, it doesn't really affect us Affect us, sorry, as fantasy coaches. We just leave him on field and, and hope for the, the best score possible and, and enjoy what he does on the football field as, a, as footy fans. Yeah, he's 100% owned in that top 100, so everyone's got him, everyone's starting him, so we all get the same score. You're not going to win or lose whether he has a bad score or not. Okay, on to Noah Anderson. It's getting close to an eject button here for me, for owners. Uh, current break, even a minus one. 354k Jep your thoughts what are you thinking of Anderson right here yeah look the, the fluctuation of scores you know 30s 70s then back to 30s and then 50s so definitely um, can push the eject or trade button and um, make sure it's a worthy upgrade though okay Jep on to the Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne Bailey Smith he found it difficult to score last week the break even is still healthy at 35 plus his CBAs were quite high He's in a spot to bounce back, but the Kangaroos aren't easy to score against. Your thoughts? Yeah, agree with that. Kangaroos are quite tough inside, so he's going to have his work cut out for him. Um, Cunnington definitely will be back next week. So, yeah, Bailey just struggled. Dunkley wasn't there. He had the role. Everything was sort of set for him, and it didn't sort of equate to uh, a decent score. So let's see again. Give him the chance this week to, to produce. On to Jack McRae. Just one ceiling game this season. Definitely one to retain or even target for me at a discounted price, Jep. 800k right now. Yeah, he shouldn't be a target for most. Um, let's just wait for that price to uh, to get a bit lower and, and push the button then. Lewis Butler, he looked good on debut last week. He'll be definitely a downgrade target for coaches here, Jep. Yes, DPP Butler definitely looked great. Um, confident for a first gamer, so he's got a lovely kick on him and... Um, there's the outside role. We do have Lockie Hunter coming back eventually, though. Marcus Bontempelli. He's averaged 85 points over the last two weeks. The break-even of just 49 at 693k will be appealing to some, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Comes with the risk. because Obviously, the great players come with the attention, so bye beware. Tim English. He was great last week, posting 102 points. The inconsistency is likely to remain, but this could be his breakout season, Jep. Yeah, he, you know, he was great last weekend. So um, a credit to him and his hard work. Okay, on to Jack Mahoney. Just 21 points last week. He wasn't a target for me in the preseason and still isn't now. He'll be playing a small forward role, which is difficult to score, Jeb. Yeah, agreed. He's uh, the last rookie that we should be looking at at the moment. Jai Simkin. When that game became contested last week, he absolutely thrived. The midfield usage remains extremely high here, Jep. Yeah, loving watching him play. He, um, I think you can see he's enjoying his football too. So um, there's just too many ticks all around. And obviously, Reece Shaw's got the utmost of confidence in him. Todd Goldstein, he's not slowing down with an average of 91 points from his last two games. He's just 85k behind Max Gorn, Jep. Can you believe it? Yeah, crazy. Um, and yeah, look, having Sherry there last weekend sort of dipped his scores ever so slightly, but, you know, well done to the coaches that went with Goldie um, in, in round two, three. It's a very, very, very 
wise pickup and, and credit to Goldie and his football where it's at. On to Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. Brandon Stasevich. That break even of minus 13 for owners can continue to hold here for me, Jeb. Yeah, definitely holding. Um, and he had some very nice intercept marks to start the game last weekend. Dane Zorko, he saw along with a calf Achilles injury. That might open up a spot for Tom Berry again at 193k. But the break-even is eight points for Berry, Jip. Yeah, look, Tom Berry, not the worst trade-in option uh, as a bench backer. But, um, you know, with Zorko out, I think of two things. I think of um, actually Jared Berry, his brother, going in and under a bit more. And he's played well also. Onto Hugh McCluggage, he's averaged 106.5 points in the last two weeks. He's at 682k with a 20 break even. It's an intriguing pick here for me, Jip. Yeah, look, he's had two softer games against West Coast and Adelaide, two teams struggling with form in the last couple of weeks. But nevertheless, you know, turned a corner and um, and put his hand up for his team. So not a bad value pick. It's just and again, it's a high risk, high reward pick. Okay, on to Lockie Neal. Jeb, you're going to start this one off, and then I'm going to finish with a bit of a spiel here with an interesting stat that I dug up today. Your thoughts? All right, so, yeah, he's killing it. Obviously, got a ball on a string, got tagged on the weekend, had 19 and quarter time, didn't matter. Still finished 100-plus and made us all look silly, and it could have been a lot worse with six behind. So, amazing game um, to give... Considering, sorry, that the attention that he got from Ben Keys. So, um, going forward, he's going to continue getting the attention. There's no doubt about it, especially with Zorko out. So, uh, how how far he can go is anyone's guess. But obviously, those in the top hundred, top thousand of fantasy have him um, and have captured him, and it's and it's rightfully so. But those targeting him now. I think it's it's not a right, the right time. Okay, just on that game last week, uh, Ben Keyes went with him for about a half a football. As soon as Adelaide coach Matthew Nix released that tag, he just went ballistic. He scored about 80 points in that second half. Okay, on to some things here and for some notes on Neil for me. For those that own Neil, awesome pick and a great start to the year. Well done. But bear in mind, Brisbane opponents for disposal differential are ranked quite lowly. You've got Fremantle ranked 13, you've got West Coast ranked 16, you've got Hawthorne ranked 17, you've got Adelaide ranked 18. That's an average of 16. Those opponents let you have the ball, plenty of plus sixes. There's a tougher stretch coming. Plus, you would think a decent road trip depending on border restrictions for the fixture. Basically, for non-owners, you will have a wall of Neil ownership in front of you. If you see him averaging 116.5 points from here on in, then go right ahead, trade him in. If not, then it's worth taking him and owners on. By the way, 116.5 points converted is 145.6 points for perspective. I'll go out on a limb here, Jep, and say he's not averaging that at the end of the season. Your thoughts? Yeah, agree with that. He's not averaging 116 odd for the rest of the season. Definitely agree with that. It's it's more the um. Who else is putting their hand up, mate? Like it's we don't have our, our traditional primos doing what they're doing. So I don't. I'm not fully against pulling, bringing him now. He just comes at a huge cost, and at this early stage, I think it's more for me. And the advice I have to the listeners is 
limiting your rookies on the field. It's like the Buddhists who are getting the 30, and by doing that, you need more cash at bank to upgrade in quicker. That's my argument. So you target a primo mid in the 700, 700 to 750, say, in lieu of um, the 900 grand Lockie Neal. Absolutely agree. Okay, on to Darcy Byrne-Jones. A couple of quiet weeks averaging 60 points. His role should be okay for me going forward. At least non-owners don't need to overpay for him now. Your thoughts? Yeah, and he's, he's a good, decent target for, for what um, the reduced time game um, has provided and what he can produce. I think he's he's been a solid defender option. Uh, just to let you know, Ryan Burton is on the radar and that potentially could help out DBJ with his scores again. Okay, on to Justin Westhoff. Very much an under-the-radar pick, averaging 76 points this season. Jeb as a mid-forward. His current forward ruck role in the Port Adelaide team is getting the job done, and he's hitting the scoreboard. Your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a no from me. I think there's way better options in the forward line, for which is what, where he would add value. On to Adelaide versus Fremantle. Brody Smith. He's gone back into defence for the last couple of weeks. He's averaged 73 points. Hopefully, Nick's holds him in that spot, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he looked a lot better last weekend, um, which is great. So, those that held him, I think you just persist with him now. The key there for me, Jep, on Brody Smith is that the Crows are getting smashed. So, that ball is coming into the defensive 50 quite often. Okay, on to Brad Crouch. A very solid average of 83 points from his last three games. He may have bottomed out in price at 745k, Jep. Yeah, but again, if if we've got to assume there that um, Adelaide have turned a corner, and I don't think they can. On to Miles Pohoki. He was used at CBAs last week. He'll get a look in at the Crows this season, Jep, for me, but it will be a volatile team and a team-changing environment. Your thoughts? Well, look, he's he's pushing value for, for what he's worth in the forward line at 316k. So there's there's a lot to like there. Um, and if we remember from um, the preseason competition, he actually did very very well um, in possessions and, and fantasy points. So the stage is set, and um, he should be a target for for those coaches and those in the top hundred and thousand. Have definitely got them on their radar. Don't worry. Yeah, I guess we, he's, he's going to be matched up against this week, especially for trades, Sarong and also Tom Green, who we'll get to later in the podcast. Okay, on to Rory Sloan. He's down to 635k with a break-even of 84. <clears throat> be aware he's questionable with an ankle concern this week, but there's an opportunity down the track. Your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, Sloan's proved in the past that he can be that primo mid, so there's no reason why not we could fill, fill the void and bring him in um, later in the season. On to Nat 5. He's out with a hamstring injury. He has a break-even of 88 at 755k. There's another discounted target in a few weeks, Jep. Absolutely, and he's high on the list and should be for many. On to Caleb Sarong. What an awesome debut. He was used at CBAs, and that will likely increase with no Fife in the short term. This is an absolute smash play for me at 282k right here, Jep. Yeah, definitely agree there. He did not look out of place when he was put into the heat of the action either. On to Darcy Tucker. That midfield usage is solid and he will likely increase with no Fife as well. At 592k, he's averaging 73 points this season. Any interest? Yes, that awkward price now, isn't it? So no interest for me. On to Hayden Young. 
He was so impressive last week, Jep, with 313k and a break even a minus 11 makes for a genuine option in defence, Jep. Absolutely uber impressive, and I was noting, and the thing I liked the most was his physical um, presence in the game as well. So he didn't mind getting hit, and he didn't mind throwing out a tackle. So. Yeah. He's turned a corner, Hayden Young, and he needs to be a target for those astute fantasy coaches out there. Completely agree with you there, Jep. On to Michael Walters. Still with a break-even of just 50, but that price tag is up at 731k. It probably just depends on where listeners are looking to upgrade, Jep. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he's he's shown that he's one of the top forwards this season, um, where everyone's at um, as far as their targets go. But... Eventually, Walters needs to be a target for everyone, I think. On to Melbourne versus Richmond. Christian Petrarca, he did spend a little time forward last week, but in a low-scoring game, centre bounces were limited. Let's see what coach Simon Goodwin does this week, Jep. Yeah, I thought he still played really well, um, even with his bit of role shift. Uh, It's... He wasn't intimidated by the the star-studded Geelong midfield, and I, I took that as a big tick. On to Jack Viney. He's averaged 65 points in the last two games. You can't have an unreliable player taking a premium midfield spot. Jep, he's an eject for me right here. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what these top coaches do with him, given that, you know, Viney's done the job as far as that mid-price pre- you know, ball potential primo mid. He's gone up to 718k. I, I think it's wise to get that um, step up and, and trade him out. On to Max Gorn. He got there in the end last week, Jep. Again, limited centre bounces due to a low-scoring game. Uh, obviously, that equated to limited opportunities at ruck contests. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, he's still clearly the number two ruck um, that we target. And I remember watching him, and there was a bit of a purple patch with a mark and a kick and tackle, and he scored about 16 fantasy points in 60 seconds. So, Okay, on to Trent Rivers. He had a couple of critical turnovers last week. Watch out for that job security, although I'm still bullish on him right now, Jep. Yeah, he wasn't perfect, but again, the potential and where he's where he's going to get to, I think Melbourne persists. So let's let's hope um, that he stays in the team. On to Basha Hooley. He's averaged 90.3 points to start his year off. 800k is up there for a player that has a troubled injury history. He's a later in the year trade target for me, Jep. Yeah, completely agree. On to Dustin Martin. He didn't look right last week for me on his return. He's 712k with a break-even of 72. One to watch for a trade target down the road, Jep. Definitely, and I think he'll like, you know, if with Richmond likely to come to the WA hub, he'll like the open spaces of Optus Stadium. So, yeah, wait and see, and, and let's let's see when he moves a bit more freely and he's bottom out and, and target him in. On to GWS versus Hawthorne. Lockie Whitfield, he should be a target for owners right now. This week or next, he's getting very cheap at 658k. That ceiling is enormous when he gets going, Jep. Yeah, definitely, Pete. He um, He's working into form, and he was very impressive last weekend. It's going to be interesting to see if Hawthorne give him some attention this weekend and how he responds with that. On to Lockie Ash. He just can't get going right now. If Leon Cameron holds on, then Ash can feel 
potentially that Williams type role. But the job security for me is suspect. Long term, he should be a good prospect for fantasy, Jeff. Yeah, he struggled, and so have GWS. So I think he's on the chopping block, mate, personally. But nothing against the kid. He's going to be a future star. On to Nick Haynes. He's at 633k with a break-even of just 39. He's definitely a trade target, Jeb, uh, with Williams on the sideline for four weeks. Yeah, agreed. And and those how owners could be looking for that perfect sideways trades to a, a Nick Haynes mm. type. He plays very similar to what Howe's done in the first few rounds. Yeah, good thoughts there. On to Stephen Canelio. Just 35 points last week, 712k and a break-even of 86. The Giants haven't even got started this season from a fantasy perspective. He'll get there at some stage. For non-owners, he's a target very soon, Jep. Yeah, he's got. if you don't own him, he's got to be a target very, very soon because we all know how quickly he can turn a corner and how high his ceiling can be. On to Tom Green. He looked so much better in crucial moments last week. He won... A few over in that coaching staff, for sure, Jep. Green is at 269k with a break-even of just six. Yeah, critical clearances that were, you know, instrumental in GWS in, in making a play for the game. Um, he ain't going anywhere fast. I think um, backing Green in and his development will, will aid the Giants um, for many years to come. On to Chad Wingard. His scores keep ticking over. He's averaging 86 points and currently 674k with a break-even of 28, Jep. Yep, um, obviously a target for your forward line, um, but he's he's kicking a lot of goals. So he kicked three goals last week. So if he has a goalless game, and I'm not saying that that won't be often, it's, um, it could hinder scores. On to Tom Mitchell. He slowly improved last week with a score of 78 points. There's not many opportunities for hitting up for plus sixes. Round five could be tough with the DeBoer tag potentially happening. Yeah, the, well, probably let's lock it in and say um, that it's more likely than unlikely. Um, but his tackle numbers were up last week. So he, having eight tackles versus the one against Richmond in round three was a big jump for me, mate. Um, and I was worried about that shoulder, but it looks like he's, he's good to go. Okay, righto, Jeb. Not mentioning players, what is your strategy at this point in the season? Okay, so I think it's pretty critical, and I hope no one loses sight of this, is we go back to two trades next week. So I think a pretty important strategy and approach this week would be have quite a big um, cash at bank at the completion of your three trades. So then, you know, a lot of our... Um, rooks are, are starting to top out and we can upgrade our rooks to a primo so that would be the advice I'd have for the listeners is to have, make sure you have cash at bank ready for your two trades next week. Okay my strategy is to look for underpriced premium players coming into a discount once my rooks have increased in salary the upgrades will continue as we've talked about in our early pods defenders can have a flat or volatile average I'll hit up most of my mids and forwards for upgrades as a priority over defenders. Okay, Jeb, we're going to look at the top 100 now with thanks to Rick on top and Freizig. So let's go into that. Tom Mitchell at 88% for the top 100. There's a lot of owners there. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. I'd, I'd pull the trigger there um, and try get that point of difference. Lockie Neal, again, 
if, if you're targeting Lockie Neal, you've got to know there's a lot of owners in front of you if you're trying to climb rank. So if you trade Lockie Neal in, you're just adding a, another brick to the wall. And as I mentioned earlier, if you think he's going to average what he is averaging now, go right ahead. If not, well, then, you know, there's a potential to jump those owners right in front of you. He's at 86%, Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, if you're an owner, you hold. If you're a non-owner, for me, it's it's obviously wait and, and, and see what transpires and target others of value. Okay, again, this is the top 100. Jared Brand is 76%, Jep. Yeah, look, I can't be more frank and, and say that he's on the chopping block, so it's it's more unlikely than likely that he'll play this weekend. Okay, on to Jeremy Howe. Obviously, he's going to miss quite a number of weeks, 68%. So top 100 coaches are going to be trading there. So, you know, we're looking at Haynes or whether are they looking at going down to Hayden Young? There's going to be some movement into the defensive part of the grand jet for the top 100. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting which way they, you know, the chess falls. You can go down to the rook, you can go up to the primo, go sideways. So, you know, if it was me, I'd take the, and trying to generate cash in this game has is, is been hard. So I'd go down to young. Yeah, it's a critical move, I think, for those in the top 100. So, yeah, let's see where that ownership does end up next week if the majority of those top 100 remain in there for next week. Okay, Mark Pitnett, his 53% ownership, Jep. So that's half the field in that top 100 have Pitnett. Your thoughts? Mm, that's very interesting. So, you know, I suspect there's a few Goldie owners in the other half as well as Gorn and Grundy. So... So yeah, look, it's those relying on Pitnet to um, produce the higher scores. I think um, that's the risky area. Max Gorn's just at nineteen percent. Jeb, he's a unique into that top hundred. Oh, look, and if those nineteen percent should just sit and enjoy what's coming their way, because I've look, I've never seen Gorn. I can't remember. Sorry, the last time I've seen Gorn so fit. Fantastic, Jeb. Jeb and I will return for episode 40 next week. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the season for now is to land on late on Tuesday nights. Jeb, that's it for episode 39. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.